0: morning to everyone uh whether it's here or in our uh, uh, online community we thank and praise god for your presence and we just know that you will be blessed by the word of god this morning Uh, whenever we are under attack when god's word is to come forth we know that god has done uh, or is doing or about to give us something that we need now we invite your attention to the book of Jeremiah is where we're going to start today, but before we go into Jeremiah, we want to go back and uh, do some reviewing. On Wednesday night, God blessed us tremendously on Wednesday night, so I want to bring up the remainder of the family with what God said on Wednesday night, because our title today is Understanding Loyalty, and part two, and who am I, who am I? So uh, on Wednesday, the Lord shared with us about royalty, or understanding royalty, and He asked us a question, and that question was, "Why is it that Christians live defeated lives?" And there were many different explanations, or there were many different sayings from from the congregation here, and. We come to understand that most times when Christians live defeated lives, it's because they do not know who they are. We understand that we are royalty. We we are royalty. And when we come to that understanding of knowing who you are, there's nothing that the adversary can do to us to allow us to move from that understanding. Now, on Wednesday, we, we came from 2 Samuel chapter number 9. We were talking about uh, a young man and uh, David, uh, and David's name means love. We were talking about David and how he was looking for uh, a seed or a descendant of Saul. Saul was a king made by man, and Saul's kingship was not by God. They decided to, to put God aside and they wanted to be like all other nations. So they wanted a king. Well, that was a battle. Saul dies and also his son dies, Jonathan. But there is one that's left that's heir to the throne. Now, when you come down to royalty, that royalty has a pure bloodline. The purpose of royalty is to procreate. We want to make sure that when it comes down to our bloodline, the bloodline is pure. That's why the enemy loves to do what he does to, to make sure that bloodline is not pure. So now David is looking for someone. He wants to bless someone from the from the house of Saul. But it was not for him, but it was for his son's sake, Jonathan. So he has a son. He has a grandson. He has a son. His son's name was Maseboseth. Now, it, according to the word of God, what happened there, when he heard about his father and his grandfather uh, being killed in battle, then the nurse that, was, that had him in the process of trying to escape, she dropped him, and he was five years old at the time. So when she dropped him, uh, it, it affected him. Now, there are some things that, that God also revealed to us in regards to the places where he went. Because, see, when we are crippled in our mind, then we do not know who we are when we're crippled. So what happened was is that the, the, the son, the grandson, he ends up in a place called Lodabar. Now, Lodabar is a place without substance. It's a place without pasture. It's a place of restraint. It's, it's a place of unruliness, or it's a place of uh, being non-disciplined, having no leader, having no shepherd. So that's where Lodabar went. And what happened was, the Bible talks about him going down to Micah. Now, Micah means bondage, or uh, uh, it also means a place of uh, non- non-freedom. And he had found himself going there and into that place of, of no freedom. He put himself in bondage because he was on the run, but yet he did not know who he was. And because he did not know who he was, he ends up in a place called Lodabar. Lodabar, he doesn't have any kind of substance whatsoever. But when he gets there, he also finds out and recognizes the fact that there are some other people of God in the place called Lodabar. So he wasn't by himself. He was not by himself. There were other people, people of God, people that were royalty, They were in a place called Lodabar. And then when David finds him, and he begins to acknowledge him, the first thing he said that he, his perception of himself was a dead dog. Now here it is, a, a person that's in the line of royalty, but when he sees himself, he sees himself as a dead dog. And the beauty of, of it when you're looking at the uh, the name David, and David means love, no matter where you are in life, love, God, will come to see where you are. And so when he, when he shows up and he heard what he said and what he thought about himself, that he was as a dead dog, meaning he was useless. I mean, he had no worth, no value, but yet he was royalty. And the beauty of, 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 of being in, in the royal family is that God himself, through David, Uh, uh, invited him to come and sit down at his table. He gave him back that invitation. He had lost his way. He had lost his way. but And then we also discover that whenever you're sitting at the Lord's table, you cannot see your feet. Anytime you're sitting at a table, you think about it in your mind, you cannot see your feet. So he invited him back into, into the presence of God right there at, at the table uh, of the Lord. But his crippledness, because he was crippled in his mind, because the Bible says that he was crippled in his feet and he was impaired in his feet. But the thing is, he was really meaning he was crippled in his spiritual mind. His spiritual mind made him think that he was not royalty. One thing we have to remember is that we are royalty. And even though we may have deficiencies, God will allow us to sit at his table. Because that was the end of the text when it talks about where, David's, where David had uh, the, uh, Jonathan's uh, son to sit. And that was at the table of the Lord. You could not, you could not see his deficiencies because they were hid It's the blood of Jesus that covers us. Now, it takes us to where we're going this morning because we wanted to bring that up because it was so awesome on Wednesday night here talking about royalty and who we are. How many know that you're royalty? Amen. The enemy may tell you something else, but we are royalty according to what the word of God says. Now, we may say, now, why would God, looking at at us, why do you think he said we're royalty? Well, first of all, in a kingdom, and and Jesus says uh, his kingdom is not from this world. And wherever there's a kingdom, there must be a king. And because uh, Christ is the king, then we are his seeds or we are the descendants, then that means we are part of royalty. So we have to understand who we are and whose we are. Now, going to the book of Jeremiah, understanding royalty, part number two. And who am I? Who am I? I mean, Acknowledging the fact that we are royalty does not mean we're arrogant. It means I'm a part of a royal line. Hello, I'm a part of a royal line. Now, everybody has to speak for themselves, amen. Once you know who you are, it doesn't matter what the situation is. You just know you're you're connected to the king, amen. Now, Jeremiah, chapter number 1, and we're talking about who am I. Understand this. Our beginning did not begin at birth. Our beginning did not begin at birth. Well, somebody might say, well, I'm I'm going crazy. No, we're going to go with what the scripture says. Amen. Can we go with what God says? Okay. Remember our beginning now uh, did not begin at birth. Now, Jeremiah chapter number one, looking at verse number five, are we there? What's that first word in verse number five? The first word is what? Before. Be. What does the before mean? Before anything comes into existence. Before. Before anything else happens. There's a before in all of our lives. So verse five says, "Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth." Out of the womb I sanctify thee, and I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, the the thing is this. This is what we have to understand. We already existed, okay, in eternity before we began in time on the earth. We already existed in eternity before we existed in time upon the earth. Earth is the only thing that deals with time. When it comes down to the kingdom, the kingdom does not deal with time. Only the earth deals with time. So we really already existed before we entered into our mother's womb. Even before there was a conception between the man and the woman, between the male and the female, even before that happened, we already existed in the mind of God. That's powerful. We already existed in the mind of God before we came forth to this place called earth. Think about it. Think about when a woman gives birth, when she's getting ready to have that baby. Have you ever wondered in your mind, why in the world is that child crying when it comes out? Think about it. Why is that child, that baby, crying when it comes out? It's leaving a different world. It's in a world where everything is within, and, and and everything it needs is is internally. Everything is needed. Now all of a sudden, when the baby comes out, it's entering into a new world, a world it did not even know. So can, can you imagine? I would cry too if I had to come to her and wait. You know we we are in her. You know, before now, we existed in the mind of God, and and we lived in eternity, and God sent us here on a mission upon the earth. And yes, I will cry if I had known, and that's why God hides some things from us. I don't know if I really want to be here on earth or not. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on on earth. Amen. But we already existed. We already existed uh, here. Now, How is it that we're saying, okay, my ending, um, before I began, there was an ending. There was an ending, and then I began. When you get to an end of a thing, you will think that's it. But yet, there is a beginning. Now, let's go to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter number 46. Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah chapter number 46 because we're going to understand how that we were, able, we were finished before we ever started. We, ha- we already were finished before we were ever started. We were already finished before we were ever started. Isaiah chapter number 46, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 9. Are we there? Okay. Now, verse number 9 says, Remember the formal things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. I don't care what you, what other idol is out there, whatever whatever anybody worship or, or bowing to. God says there is no other God except Him. But here's the key, verse number 10. He says this, declaring the end from the beginning. So our ending had already been declared before our beginning here on earth. I mean, all we got to do is walk out what God's path and his his plans are for our life. We just have to walk it out. God said he has already declared the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. So understanding that even before we were commenced into this world, even before the foundation of this world, we already existed. And that might be a bitter pill for people to swallow, but it's true. Because you got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. We are, we are children of the Most High God. We're the children of the Most High God. So before we were commenced to do anything, then God allowed us, uh, gave us an assignment. That's how we ended up here on earth. We have an assignment. So then I got a question. I said, well, God, if all this is true, if my ending, if I existed before I was in my mother's womb, according to the word of God, and, and, and what I, I am designed to be or what I'm supposed to be in the kingdom, it was already set forth before I even showed up on the planet called Earth, according to the Word of God. I'm like, God, why is my life so jacked up? I mean, why do I have to go through all these things? Why do you still love me knowing that when I got here on my assignment, I got off track? Why, why did I? happen? Why, why did that happen? And God says, Brenda, I'm going to take you to the scripture and I will show you why God continues to love us and do the things that he does because of a certain, a certain principle. Now, let's go now because we are Bible readers here. Amen. We are Bible studies. We will not give you anything that you cannot be backed up by scripture. You have to understand we are kings and priests according to the book of Revelation. That's who we are. Amen. We are kings and priests priests amen that is what we need to instill in our children who they are but if we don't know who we are then we can't instill in them who they are amen we can't do that now let's go to the book of ezekiel ezekiel chapter number 36 slow down brenda amen ezekiel chapter number 36 ezekiel chapter number 36 and we're going to begin reading at verse number 22, Ezekiel 36, Old Testament, <coughs> Ezekiel chapter number 36. Hmm. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I'm royalty. I'm royalty. I'm royalty. Who am I? I'm royalty. Who are you? I'm ro- your royalty. Your royalty. Your boy, you see. Now, Ezekiel chapter number 36, looking at verse number 2. Now, why does God continue to do what he does for our life when we sometimes go off course? All right, verse number 22 says this, and Ezekiel chapter number 36. Verse 22 says, Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for whose sake, your sake, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither you went. Hmm. God says that he does what he does for his name's sake. Had nothing to do with us. He's going to go by. He's going to stand by his name. He's going to stand by his name. When when, when the children of Israel came out of of bondage and and they began to set up idol gods and they were down at the foot of the mountain when Moses had gone up to the mountain to be with God, to receive the the laws of God, well, those same uh, children of Israel, what happened, they were down at the foot of the mountain and they had taken the gold that they had and they began to shape a, a golden calf. And they began to, uh, uh, warning that, that cat, golden calf and the image, an idol to lead them out. And so God got angry. God got angry because they began to worship an idol God. And when God got angry, he told Moses, he said, Moses, you get down, but he didn't say my people anymore. He said, you get down to your people because he was hot. He was upset because they, in turn, had begun to worship out of God. And God was going to cut them off. He was going to annihilate them. But then Moses reasoned with God, and Moses said to God, to God, the, the people that, 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 that's in this, around in this area, in this country, in this domain, what's going to happen? They're going to say that you brought them into the wilderness to die. They're going to say that you couldn't do what you said you were going to do. And so at that time God changed His mind about wiping out a whole nation called Israel. Uh, amen. He, he changed His mind. So, but He did it for His namesake. They had desecrated His name. They had profaned His name. I mean, there was no reverence. You think about today. Today there is no reverence for God. So many people do not reverence God anymore. But still, God. Isn't is amazing? No matter how crazy we be, he still wakes us up in the morning. Amen. He still breathes and He still provides. And he still loves on us. And every morning, he does that. I mean, morning after morning. And he says, his mercy is new every day. And it's, it's an amazing thing. But God said, Brenda, I do it for my namesake, his namesake. Amen. He does it for his namesake. Now, verse number 23 says, he says, And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. It's amazing. This is what we have to understand is that God, what he does for us is all because of his namesake. He has to protect his reputation and his image. We are made in the image of God. Amen. We, have been ma- we are made in the image of God. Now, we may ask the question, okay, think about this. Think about this. Anytime that you purchase anything, that it comes with a manual, even if it comes with a manual, before you open that box, it has an image on the outside. It gives you a picture of what it looks like. And the first thing it tells us to do is to read the entire instructions, right? Now, yes, some of y'all probably did like me. The other day, I got, I, I got a, a big old pot, and, and I, that was trying to take the lid off. And Dr. Man is watching me just, I mean, just struggling to take this lid off. Of course, you know, I did not read the manual, right? I did not read the manual. He said, well, Brenda, have you read the manual? I said, well, I scanned through it. I, I read some of it. I, I, you know, I got some of it. Well, there was a little simple app, a, a, a simple thing, a knob on the top. And and I, I got, I went and I got the manual as I was instructed by my husband. He said, Brenda, you probably need to read the manual. Maybe then you can get into the pot. Because before I couldn't even get into the pot. And so when I got the manual and I began to look at the picture and the image, finally I see a little button that I had never touched before. And I'm I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling, Miss Debbie. I'm still struggling trying to open that pot. And finally when I hit that one button and turn the top, immediately the top comes off. So you see how important it is to read the manual, right? So, so now he talks about. He said before, when you read the manual, it says read it in entirety. Okay, you have to read the manual in entirety. And the next thing that happens with the manual, it also gives us warnings and safety uh, uh, safety instructions, right? He, he gives us safeguards because sometimes you can we can uh, uh, deal with something, and next thing you now we'll get blown up, right? if we're not careful, amen, because we still have to read the manual. And the warnings are there. And then he gives us the instructions how to use what we're using. And then when, when, when we do that, then he also gives us a contact number that will give us information who we need to contact. You know, and, and one thing we, we talked about on Wednesday, and which is true, and I, when I thought about it, you know when it comes down, you, you purchase a vehicle, and sometimes it have got some deficient parts, and there's a recall, and even with some children games and things, there are always recalls, right? There's something wrong. Have you ever thought the Word of God has never been on recall? Amen. God's Word has never been on recall and never will. And it never will be on recall. And I'm like... God, th- that is so amazing. I never really thought about it, but God says we got to read the entire man- manual. And that's why oftentimes we are not successful. That's why we are not successful. We have to understand now, in order to guarantee a success, even in our spiritual lives, we have to read the manual. Amen. Now, that's the thing about it. If we don't read the manual, God's manual, if you think about it, it reflects when we don't even read man's manual. Because how many times we we, we purchase something and we don't use the manual and we got parts left. Hey, yeah, I'm guilty. i always got some parts left. Why? Because I didn't read the manual. Amen. In its entirety. Amen. Because, see, when it comes down to the manufacturer, in order for him to stand by his product, we have to make sure that we have done everything they've told us to do in order for that particular item to to operate properly. Amen. Because sometimes we can get something and, and we say, First thing, oh, this don't work. I'm going to take it back. Well, I've been there too. I'm not teaching anything I hadn't done. And then when you look at the manual, you realize, oh, that's that's crazy. If I had only done this, I, I wouldn't have to take this back. And then you're standing there telling them, well, this don't work. And they say, well, did you read the manual? And you're standing there looking stupid. Yes, no, I'm afraid I didn't read the manual. But if I hadn't read the manual, then the thing would operate successfully, okay? Now, let's go to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter number 1, Joshua. Joshua chapter number 1, Joshua. The book of Joshua chapter number 1, Joshua. Chapter number 1, the book of Joshua. Ah, wow. And we're going to begin at verse number 7. Chapter 1 in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, book of Joshua. We're going to begin reading verse 7. Because we, 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 we fail at using the different things that we have that has been provided, not following the instructions. But how do I have good success in my spiritual life? That's what's most important because everything else is temporal. Everything else is temporal. Our spiritual life is what is going to carry us in, carry us through. Now, looking at the book of Joshua, chapter number one, we find here that, that Moses is dead. That previous leader was, is dead. And, and God has called now Joshua to, to be on the helm, to carry the text, the torch, and carry the people into the new land. Amen. Whenever we, it's just like the baby. When a baby comes out, it now has to adapt to a new land. Amen. When a baby comes out before it's born, it's in one world. Now it has to adapt to another world. When we get saved. It's the same principle when we accept Jesus Christ. We're coming from another world, a world without God, but as we enter into our new world, because there are new situations and new circumstances when we enter the new world, so therefore we've got to have some guidelines. We've got to have some guidelines how to live this Christian life. Joshua chapter number 1, Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 7. He says this, because he's about to take on a a, a new assignment. And verse number 7 says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to how much of the law? All, all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Then it says, Turn not from it, The right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. So the first thing he's saying now, he said, now listen, you got to be courageous. See, in in this walk of life, you've got to be courageous. On this Christian walk, you have to be courageous. But not only do you have to be courageous, but you have to do according to what the book says, the B-I-B-L-E the basic instructions before leaving this earth. This, the Bible is the basic instructions that we need before we leave earth. We are here on assignment and we'll have to do some things in the earth because the Word of God says um, that, uh, uh, that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In order to know about heaven, you got to know what the manual says, amen. In order to live a Christian life, you have to know and operate by the manual. That's why a lot of times, uh, the, when the Bible does say, and we're going to come to that scripture, but the, the people uh, perish because of the lack of knowledge. Why do they perish because of the lack of knowledge? It's in a book. How many of us read? How many of us love to read? Think about it. Because once, the, once it's put in a book. Most people don't like to open the book. We're bored. We don't want to open the book. Amen. So now in Joshua, he's he's telling him now, he said, Don't turn neither to the left nor to the right, that thou may prosper wherever thou go. What here, what God does here, he is giving us a secret to success. A secret to success. That we can can also fail to. If we don't follow the instructions. But he has given us a secret to success. Watch what he says now. First, he said, he said, now you got to, you have to obey all, according to all the laws. I mean, we're under grace. We're no longer under the law per se, because back in the day, they had 613 laws. Some of them they added, you know, God didn't bring forth. But it comes down to what God says in the manual. He is the manufacturer. And by the way, God says, Brenda, when you study my words, when you read my words, you have to understand this. You're, you are reading and you are studying the mind of God. It's not just words on a paper. When you look at the book and you begin to read and you begin to study, you are studying the mind of God. It's just on paper. God's mind on paper. That's amazing. It's the same thing with a manufacturer. It's, same, it's the exact same thing. What he has created, it came from his mind. This is God's mind on paper, the word of God. So the next time we pick it up, we won't pick it up as a regular book. We'll understand this is God's mind. He has put on paper for us to follow by. Amen. That's amazing. I'm like, wow, God. I mean, th- that's how I do when I'm with God. You know, when, when we're in our private sessions, And he gives me things. I'm like, wow, God. I don't don't know if y'all get that excited or not, but I do. Because when he dropped me something that I'm not, I mean, it's before me all the time, but the revelation hadn't opened up to my mind. And when it does, I get excited. Amen. God's mind. So now when I pick this up, when I pick up the Bible, it's not just a regular book. It's God's mind on paper. Oh, boy, that's wild. That's awesome. God's mind on paper. God's mind. God's mind. When you look at that book, whether it's, whether it's in the book or whether it's on your cell phone, when we came down those scriptures, cause see, you got to understand, His Word has never been on recall. And it never will. That's God's mind. You can't recall God's mind. Think about it. You cannot recall God's mind. God don't make no mistakes. He's the King. He's the ruler of the kingdom. He sets the laws. He set the laws and we have to follow the laws. I mean, and God and the kingdom. And see, that's another thing. We as Christians do not understand that we not only come from heaven, which is a country, we also come, we are here on earth, which is another country. And so, therefore, we must understand we are living in two worlds. But the world called heaven is the one that has uh, 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 um, authority over the one here on earth. Let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wow. Secret to success. Secret to success. Oh, wow. Just look at him. You know, when you're talking about and you have seeing the word of God on, on your iPhone or whatever kind of phone you got, and you're pulling up the word of God, and then next thing you know, say, wow. This is the mind of God I'm looking at. It's no longer just regular words. This is the mind of God. I'm like, woo, ooh. I mean, I really got a punch. You know what I'm saying? I really got a punch when he told me that. I don't know if y'all are excited as I am. I, I'm just excited, you know. I'm just, I'm not really an excitable person, but I am excited when it comes down to God's word because I love it. I love the revelations that he drops. I love it. I love it. Now, okay, going back to Joshua, chapter number one. Now, look what he says in verse number eight, okay? Now, verse number eight says this. This book... Or the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. you got to be able to do and observe what's written, written therein. This is God's mind written on paper. You got to be able to observe and, and it's it's and do and do is the key word. Sometimes we skip over those little words. He said and do according according to all that is written therein. You know we you know we think God's word is buffet. You know a lot of times we like to go to the bu- restaurants got the buffet. You pick and choose what you want. Now in God's word you don't pick and choose what you want. Because the moment we start picking and choosing, we we, we, we just deviated from God's word. And then it, it hinders us from having success. Amen. And let me tell you something about, about buffet. You got to be careful when you go to the buffet because you don't know who got germs. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who been sneezing. Amen. And hadn't washed hands and all. You got to be careful. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. But you can't deviate from the word of God. And then he says, for then thou shall make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. The only way we can be successful is to read the manual God's mind on paper. If you want to be successful in life, you have to go by the manual. You cannot deviate from the the manual. You know, it's amazing when it comes down to to, to people and it come down to God's creation. Now you think you you, you, you think about it, you think you, you think about it. Now God, He created heaven and earth, right? Now, when it comes down to it, birds, they know they are supposed to be flying, right? They in space, they're flying. Every now and then they come down and give something to eat, right? They come down. But most time you see them, they flying, right? Okay they in obedience to their domain. Okay? Think about the fish in the ocean. Think about it. In the lakes and in the seas. They realize and they understand if they come out of their domain they will die, right? Anybody been fishing besides me? I love deep sea fishing. Yeah, I, I love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. But the moment you take that fish out of water it's going to die. Why is it that man is the only thing that will test God's word. That will test God's law. Man. Mankind. Mankind is the only one that will test God's law. Don't we? We, we test it. We test God. We test. We, 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 mm. <clears throat> We try to see how much we can get away with. Can I put it that way? Without getting caught. And not understanding. He, know, he knows and he sees everything. He sees everything. But, but understanding that, that we are royalty. That's the key thing God is wanting us to understand and know. That who we are, we are royalty. We are royalty. You know what happened when it came down to, to Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth? He did not understand who he was. He was royalty. Christians, the body of Christ, and I want to say disciples because the word of God says that uh, we are his disciples. And you know, we were first called Christians in Antioch. But we are the disciples of God. We do not understand and, and will not do the things God t- tells us because we like to t- try to move around. And, and we, we like it buffet style. Let me go back to that. We like it buffet style. But, but God says, understand who you are. And no matter what you're going through or have gone through, God will always welcome you back to the table. We move away from the table. God brings us back to the table no matter what our deficiencies are. He had lost his way. He did not know who he was. And that goes along with the body of Christ today. We are royalty. Why is it that we're persuaded so easily to and allow the word, the world to form and to dictate who we are? Before we ever arrive, that the world has already made an opinion about who we are, whether or not we're going to be successful in life. Uh, and, and successful goes two ways, spiritual as well as physical. Okay? But but the thing is, because we take on the mindset of the world, then we live beneath the, the, the provisions and the resources that the Lord has given us. The king has to provide. The king has to provide. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. And Brother Roger, I hope you don't, you, don't, you don't mind this. But Brother Roger said to me, and I was talking about, we were conversating, and he said um, he was looking for a job, very gifted young man. He's a seer. Very gifted, very anointed. And he said, well, I don't want no job where I got to drive an hour, an hour and a half. And I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to pray. And, and the moment he had his mind set, he said, no, I want something close to home. Remember now, the king has to provide for his children. We're part of the kingdom. You know what happened? I get a text a few days later, and what he said, He said, I got a job 15 minutes from home. You see, that's God. That, that, that's God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. That's God. God will will and he has to provide for his children because he is the king. He is the king. And when it comes down to kingdom, he has to provide for his people. I mean, there are certain criterias. He makes those rules. We have to follow those rules. In the kingdom of God, and I said it before, there is no Democrats, there is no Republicans, there is no liberals. There is none of that mess. That's man-made. That's not God-made. That's man-made. We live under the umbrella of a kingdom. Our Father is the King. He And you know what? You can't vote on His laws. We cannot vote on this. We cannot vote on the Word of God. There's no voting here. He said it. He has the ultimate authority, and that's what he means. But he tells us the way to live a successful life. He has to stand by his name. He stand, and he will stand by his name. And he does stand by his name. If we can ever grasp who we are, we are who? I heard some folks say, some of them kind of slow, but we are who? Royalty. We are royalty. We are royalty. That's who we are. Don't ever let anybody else tell you anything else. I don't care what you go through. Because eventually God is going to bring you right back to the table and you're going to be sitting at the master's table and he will make provisions for you, even in your crippling condition. He said now, the I mean, Jonathan's song was crippled at both feet. I'm like, God, what do you mean he was crippled at both feet? He said he was crippled in his understanding, in his spiritual understanding, as well as his physical understanding, he was crippled. There are so many Christians today that are still crippled in their spiritual understanding because they do not know who they are. You know what? It took me a long time because I was living under the domain and understanding of man. But when I got in the book, when I got in God's mind on paper, I discovered who I was. I discovered. See, that's why we have to get down in, into the Word of God to discover the Word of God to see who we are. We're king's kids. That's who we, we are. We're warrior My Like, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's good success. You got to read the manual. You got to read the Word of God. You have to read the Word of God. Now, this is the last scripture we're going to have Proverbs chapter. Warm up here, Proverbs chapter number. Oh, tw- uh, yeah, I think I read this chapter number 29. We're going to read it so you can see the scripture. And then that's one more for this Proverbs 29. Because we have to know our purpose. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Proverbs chapter number 29, looking at verse number 18. You have to know your purpose, all right. Verse 18 in Proverbs 29 it says, "Where there is no what vision, the people perishes, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people, even for your family that should always you should always have a vision, even if you're, you're by yourself and you still need to have a vision. Because you have, to, if the vision comes from God, and see when when you don't know your purpose, when you don't know your purpose, and if you don't know or don't understand your vision, it will determine your discipline. If we know or if we knew our purpose or what the vision God had for our life, we would discipline ourselves more. Amen. We will bring this body into subjection, like Paul said. He said, I'll bring my body under subjection. Why? Because he knew his purpose and he knew the vision God had for his life. It's the same principle with us. It's the same thing. If we knew our purpose, who we are, and if we knew the vision that God had placed within our lives, we would discipline ourselves the more. We wouldn't be out of control. Amen? Discipline is hard, right? Right? Listen, I, what did I tell you? I'm not telling you something I don't know. According to man, and I guess according to the numbers, too, I'm labeled as a diabetic, right? And so you know if you're a diabetic, there certain things you can eat, certain things you can't eat, right? Well, I need some discipline. Can I be real? See, this is a, we're our house of honesty. <laughs> Amen. A house of honesty. And I said it before. And in fact, I'm, I, for whatever reason, I'm still doing the wrong thing about it. Because next thing I know, Sister Debbie, you know what happened, brother? You know what happened? There I am getting these cookies I know I ain't got. I had no business, you know. Uh, I, and then on top of that, I'm getting me some ice cream too. You know what I'm saying? And what else do I do? What else do I do? Sister Christina, what else do I do? This is what I do. I go run and get me one of them pills for my diabetes now you know that's not discipline you know that's not right but it's difficult that's why i got to stay in the manual and ask the holy spirit to help me to discipline myself God not gonna come down here and discipline you you got to discipline yourself now, understanding your purpose why are we here why are we here I mean, we have a purpose. That There's a vision. I mean, God's vision. You know, we have a purpose. We are designed to do the things of the kingdom. You know, I'm like, God, help, help me. Help me to, to go forth and do the things that God has called and ordained for my life. To reach the lost, those that don't know the goodness of Jesus, those who, who do not know how God will take care and provide. To those who have lost their way and they feel like there is no hope. See, we've got a message to deliver. We have a message to deliver. And I'm like, okay, God, help. He said, well, Brenda, first thing, before you can go tell anybody anything, you got to know who you are. And when you when you walk and when you go, you walk with confidence. God's people are confident. Why? We're royalty. And the king has our back. He has our back. Who are we? I am. We get this individually. I am royalty. Amen. I'm royalty. The word has already declared that's who I am. Revelations said we're kings and priests. So I know who I am. You should know who you are. But I th- it's, it's, it's powerful God's word. You know, Understanding royalty, understanding royalty, understanding royalty. The Bible says a man will have all kinds of devices himself, but it is God who lays out the things that he has to do. Our life has already been preordained before the foundation of the world. It's already been set. All we got to do is walk it out. We just have to walk it out. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen 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 and amen amen i pray i pray i pray that you all enjoy god's word as as much as i enjoyed god's word as much as i enjoy teaching god's word i'm so thankful and so grateful for that i'm just excited about the lord and and what he is doing and understanding who i am and you know now when i go i don't have to you know, uh, you be you know, mealy mouth, you know, when you go. You know how sometimes on your job you don't want to talk about your Jesus or people you encounter, you don't want to talk about your Jesus, but they can talk about what they done done all week long, how they imparted, you know, what a good time they had and all that. And we as the people of God sit there like a, a rock on, what is that? A dumb rock, I don't want to say that. You know, a, a log on a rock, a rock on. A frog, that's what we say, a frog on the wall. Well, sometimes frog will jump, you know, if you, you know, (laughs) it will. Frog on the wall. We we need to begin to push our Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why? I'm royalty. You can't define me. Never let the world define you. Know who you are. You are royalty. Amen. You're royalty. I'm just, I'm just so excited about my Jesus. I'm really excited about my Jesus. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. 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 I'm just...